We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And we have a little bit of a development in the Lakers rotation. Dennis Schroeder was interviewed for a German magazine in which he said that him joining the Lakers, that him starting was a condition of joining the Lakers. And then in his introductory press conference, he would, he reiterated that, right. That he was coming in expecting to be a starter that he had already done. Forgive me. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but to the effect of he had already done the six man thing and now he's ready to start. The presumptive starting lineup, at least in my mind, did not involve Schroeder, right? He's one of those guys that he came in second place for sixth man of the year, first place being Montrez Harrell, and we projected him in that role going forward. But that's the thing, right? With especially guys in their 20s, they are they have individual aspirations and they have thoughts on themselves as being able to progress and, and as everyone wants to in their careers. So that is our first little interesting wrinkle of the season. And we're going to talk about that and the rotation today. So Darius, Dennis Schroeder comes out and is very bold in his uh, thoughts and feelings on this. What do, what do you think about that? So I would frame it as him being more direct. So I listened to his quotes. So it, it's interesting following NBA news on Twitter, right? Um, and this is very similar to when there only used to be newspapers for example, and you would read a quote and you're like, I wish I had context to this quote, right? And an inflection and, so, and all the things that you get from actually hearing someone. Exactly. So I actually listened to Schroeder's comments um, on Spectrum and he sort of said very similar things, right? That his agent had had discussions with Rob Palinka around the time of the trade and sort of laid out what he wanted his client's role to be. Schroeder has said similar things about 
the quote that you mentioned about how he's done the six man thing for a couple of years. So here's, here's a quick quote. So I did this off the bench stuff already the last few years in OKC. I think with LeBron and AD, I could be helpful as a starter in the point guard position. Mike, the reporter, making sure we are accurate <laughs> and on point. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Thank just, you, Mike. Like yeah. And so, look, that's very direct. It's also true. So there's truth in that as well, right? So at first, I will say, when I read the quote, did it rub me a little wrong? It sort of did. Like, here's a guy who's coming into a championship team. And this idea that we've discussed on the pod, like contrast that to Wesley Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. Who was sort of, Everyone loves to start. I'd love to start, but I'm here to do whatever it takes and I'll play whatever role they ask me to play. And then, so then you have Schroeder's comments and it's sort of like, you know, yeah, I'd like to start. And my agent told the front office that I'd like to start. And here's reasons why I'd be good as a starter. So not even wink, wink, nod, nod, like, here you go. This is what I'd like to see, see happen. But when I heard him say it and sort of explain it, I was less put off by it and almost not put off at all. It was more just him saying something that in, in his mind, it's true. I think that in a lot of ways, it's true as well. Um, I think one of the parts of our discussion that we'll get into is to what degree he can be helpful versus to what degree a different role might help the team more. And so, Mike, did you have specific thoughts about this? Like you've been around the team a lot and you've heard a lot of player quotes directly like to specific questions that you've asked. So did this seem out of line to you or was it more not out of line, but you know, like, Oh, that's interesting. Well, so you guys are looking at me as we're on a zoom call here. And I was sitting in that chair behind me on the zoom call with Schroeder. And I was actually at this point, I was unaware that what he had said in the German magazine. And I'm not sure that I had seen that out there. I was maybe after the fact, people went and looked it up. So I asked him two questions and one was about how he fits in next to LeBron and AD, uh, et cetera. And then I think the other one was just, how did he, um, what were his first thoughts when he heard the news and how did that hit in Germany? And he talked about how everybody in Germany freaked out. The Lakers are a big deal there, et cetera. And then the third question, that was when he went to that quote that I already read. And so I definitely was sitting there and it. I was surprised just because you do rarely hear that honesty. And especially when somebody is in a new situation, right? Usually people come in and as you guys mentioned, Wesley Matthews or Montrose Harrell, who said very similar things to uh, Matthews, just like, look, man, this is, your, this is your team. In fact, on Instagram today, Harold said something of the sort to LeBron, like, this is y'all's thing. I'm just coming in to try to add what I can. Thank you, big bro. Like that kind of stuff. So it did take me aback a little bit, but I, I was familiar with Schroeder to some extent just from you know, being in OKC X amount of times in Atlanta over the years. And so he, like he, he is a direct dude and this is one of the things that they like about him. And so it was more just the fact that he said it less kind of what Darius said, less though than, than what he means by it, which I do kind of get. And I think when we were talking about the show, what we thought would be interesting is if we both, we use that information to try to piece together what we think the rotation might be. Um, and, or it's kind of mixed into what we think it should be. And so maybe what we'll do is we'll just go, we'll go in order. Um, I'll give you guys my quick starters bench and kind of utility options. And I, I don't know if there are many wrong answers, but I think this will, this will evolve as the month goes on as Vogel weighs in this week as LeBron, who's, who's, by the way, his opinion means the most in this context, because he's either going to have to do more on offense or on defense, depending on the lineup. But uh, so I'll, I'll just get right into mine and then throw it to you, Pete. So starters, Dennis Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, Marcus all bench rotation in a typical 10 man rotation night, which Vogel likes to play Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Kuz, Trez, Markeith Morris. Then utility options would be THT, McKinney, uh, if the occasional time that Dudley's going to play, um, I think THT would be the one where you could just slot him into a couple places. But like that's that's it. Uh, there it could be a, there could be some subtle differences, but that would be it. So Pete, did you have anything uh, different from that? Would you how would you approach it? I do diverge a little bit. First, I want to just comment on my feelings on Schroeder's comment is how I feel about it will in 
entirely depend on how he plays. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, dude, like it's LA, man. We, we, he ain't the first dude who's come in here and be like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a bad dude. You know, I'm Dennis Schroeder. Welcome to the team. And so it's like, okay, I like, I respect that. Go ball out then. And that's, one how, of that's the, how soon you weigh. That's how soon you weigh came in, uh, in Oh nine. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, look, man, um, fish, <laughs> Like that's my spot, bro. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for keeping it warm for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it will depend on uh, how well he plays, how I feel about that. That said, um, I feel like this regular season is a time for learning what combinations work together. Darius always talks about two man lineups and three man lineups and things like that. And those kind of lineups within the lineup, I, we know that Dennis Schroeder can come off the bench and we know that him and Montrez Harrell could run pick and roll to death from game one. And that would work great. Right. Against bench units and all of that. Can Dennis Schroeder be a valuable contributor without the ball in his hands? Now, to some extent he was last season with Chris Paul, he'd be the number three guy in a closing lineup though, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. What does that look like? I think we need to find that out. So, uh, he is the most talented of our guards. So I got no problem of him going, Hey, I should be a starter, but it's going to be a matter of how does he fit alongside our main two? So if he's starting though, I would actually like West Matthews to start rather than KCP. And that's where I diverge. There's one thing that I like on offense. And there's one thing that I dislike on defense for the rationale for that. Both Schroeder and KCP are relatively small from the respect of being able to bang down low, or if you're fighting over a, a screen as Vogel likes to do, and Marcus all will probably be in a drop coverage. A lot of times you've got to box out on that rolling big when a shot goes up because Gasol's going to contest, you know, on a pull up or something like that. You got to be able to put a little, get a little leverage on that roll men. And I just don't think there's enough strength in the backcourt between those two. Wes Matthews provides that. So if you're starting Schroeder, I'd be more inclined to start Wes Matthews. On the the offensive end, I think Wes Matthews and Marcus Gasol are going to get along really well. I've been watching more and more Matthews tape, and he's a really good cutter. And Mark Gasol will help out. And I, we can get this is a whole another branch of the tree, right? That we can get into. But Darius a couple pods ago mentioned early offense. And so like delays and, you know, flare screens and pistol action, these early offense things where your big man being a passer, I think of warriors Bogut as just these early offense, get the defensive rebound. You don't want a set play. You're just playing by principle. Matthews and Gasol could be very simpatico in that respect. So that's where I'm coming from. Darius, where do you stand on the, I'll get into my bench a little bit uh, as this whips back around, but th that's where I am on the starters. Where do you stand on specifically on that? Like Wes Matthews versus KCP, if Schroeder's going to start. So can I just say that if it were me, I would probably be massaging Dennis Schroeder right now because I would probably still want to start KCP. <laughs> Like, so there and so, Matthews and have true to come off the bench. I would, I would personally. So if I, if, so if, if I were the head coach, I'm not the head coach. Right. And so if I were the head coach, it's like, great. You want to start like there's two starters who are guaranteed right now. Right. And those two starters, and similar to Vogel's mindset last year, right. There are two starters who are guaranteed. Their names are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Everyone else is going, we're going to feel it out in camp. We're going to see how things go. And um, there's a little bit of sweat equity that I think KCP has. And I would be more inclined to start him in the same role that he played in helping to win the Lakers a championship last season, rather than in a role that is a little bit different with the asks of him defensively, like you mentioned, right? So if it were me, I would be starting KCP, Matthews, LeBron, AD, and Gasol. That would be my starting lineup. Now, if Schroeder is going to start, I'm in line more with what you're saying, Pete, that I would insert Matthews. Um, part of the reason that I say that is more from the standpoint of, I think 
Matthews and Gasol to me are a pairing that I'm looking for forward to not only for all of the reasons that you said, Pete, but more also because to me, they match pace a little bit more as like a tandem. LeBron and AD can play any style. I think Schroeder is more inclined to play fast, but I think in a starting lineup that already has Gasol in it, the Lakers may end up playing slower in their first unit than what they do on the bench. It's one of the reasons why I was more inclined to push Schroeder to the bench, because I think the Slakers second units, when they get into their reserve groups, those groups are going to play much faster because you're going to remove the big man, right? The, the more traditional big man and play smaller or have AD at center, which I think leads to more open court stuff. And, and so pace and style of play to me with Gasol as an anchor in the first group leads me more towards mirroring what the Lakers did more of last season with Danny Green in the starting lineup and having um, Matthews in in that role. So some of the same reasons as you, but a little bit tweak with that too. Mike, are, do you think that it would be weird to push KCP to the bench after he just started? Yes. Like, and, and I don't think would, it's going right? to happen. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you don't. And we, we talked about KCP a few pods ago. And to me, part of his whole appeal is how he plays directly off of LeBron and AD. And I want that guy who's going to sprint all over the place uh, in transition, who's going to be always counted upon to be in the corner, um, who can, who's shown that he's hit shots on this team. That's got the quick release. Um, that's younger uh, than Matthews that has been a part of this team that just won the, the ring. Like I think just for locker room reasons, aside from the fact that I do think basketball sure. wise, he's a better player. I'm, I'm just not worried about particularly with the starting lineup. If the other team has a bigger wing, and it's like the third game of the regular season, it's just not that much of a concern to me. As it gets to a playoff series, then maybe is Matthews the better matchup there? Maybe is Kuz the better matchup there? Maybe is Markeith Morris? Maybe. Or it's LeBron. Or is it LeBron? So, yeah. yeah. So like sure. all that stuff's going to take care of itself. So this is more just for Shooter clearly cares and wants to start. And that's been, I'm, I'm assuming that's come up, right? I'm assuming that Plinka and Vogel have discussed this. And most importantly, again, if LeBron wants to have a, a little bit less of the ball. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. That's what is most important. Like what LeBron, LeBron knows, dude, if LeBron, and so LeBron's thinking, yeah, get Schroeder in here. He can make some plays. And then they, they shift the rotation. So we get some more Schroeder with Harrell, uh, whatever, all that stuff is fine. I just, the reason I think that it's, it's Schroeder KCP is more for uh, just the kind of the locker room outside factors. And then, what I do want to say, though, uh, Pete, is Vogel showed last year that he absolutely needs to have the full ability to make the moves that he wants to finish games, especially and like that worked. He did it last year in the finals in ever like just game six alone. So I don't care who wants to start there aside from LeBron or AD like that. When it comes to the the postseason, it's got to be what uh, what the coaching staff ultimately thinks is best. But for for the way that the only information we have so far is having heard from Schroeder. Um, that's where I get this, the Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Gasol. And then Pete, as you get into your bench rotation too, we can talk about what that means on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it it becomes a question of how much do you acquiesce to what the player wants, right? Like Dennis mm -hmm. Schroeder may want to start and uh, KCP may want to start too, right? And if it's something where I'm going to be starting one guy or the other, KCP is going to win that out, right? He's got that sweat equity. He also did come off of the bench. Well, for over, the over Matthews too, though, right? Of, of that. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, KCP, yeah. if, if it's something that, but this is part of the challenge of repeating, of you've got guys coming back that said, hey, when it came down to it, I was there. And KCP can make a very credible argument saying, no, I should start. And what, who, who would we be to argue with that? Right. Yeah. And so could Kuz, so could Caruso, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, uh, Marcus Caruso started, started Caruso yeah. started the game, the, the championship clinching game, yep. right? Yeah. He was now that was, that could have been matchup specific. There were a lot of things that, that went in to that. I'm not making the argument right now for Alex Caruso to start, I mean, if free agency went a little bit different, I may have made that that argument, but it didn't. Oh, 
if, if you're asking me like what my starting lineup would be, it would, it would be Alex Caruso and at, at the one and, and probably KCP at the two alongside LeBron and AD. Right. But it's a matter of like, what purposes are you trying to serve? And yeah. it's, Early in the season, having Dennis Schroeder, and this is something he spoke to on Spectrum, is he's, Schroeder was like, I saw LeBron needed some help with just handling the ball and getting into the offense. And we've talked so much about the quick turnaround and everything that that's involved in this. And so having a guy on the floor, and Mark Gasol helps in this respect too, where LeBron can spend productive offensive possessions standing in the corner and making a flex cut, not having to be the guy that breaks down the defense while Mark Gasol is running, you know, he's LeBron setting a screen in the corner for Wes Matthews who can, uh, he's much better at hitting threes when moving left to right. So he can come around stagger screens or pin downs much better than Danny Green was. And so you can have these possessions where LeBron is not forced to do everything. And there's value in that early in the season. There's also value in getting that information on what is Schroeder alongside our two superstars. And so I don't think Schroeder comes in and says, I want to start. And we just go, Oh, Hey, like whatever you want, bud, you know, like we are a championship team, but this is part of that chemistry and that balance. That's going to be a challenge about this year, this season, we've got seven or eight starters, seven or eight guys that even if they're not in the starting lineup could say, Hey, I, I deserve 30 minutes tonight. And that's tough. That's a difficult yeah. balance to strike. Pete, the only thing I want to add to that with, with terms of Schroeder is that my guess is that he wouldn't have said that if he hadn't had some level of conversations. That's with, that's what I think too, right? Yeah, with LeBron, with Vogel, with Palinka, with with the Laker brass. And if that if that ends up being not being the case, then okay, like we can live with that too, right? He's he's on a one. His deal is up at the end of this year. It's so all, all of that can be resolved if need be. But I'm just guessing, and that's why I'm plugging him in is because yeah. I'm guessing that he Same. has had uh, those combos, and then that's where you know again, Pete and I had that that combo about uh, KCP versus Matthews and, and Darius, if I can kick that part to you, if LeBron is going to have somebody help a little bit more on the offensive end, that's where that shooter piece makes sense specifically. And then he just may have to do a bit more matchup wise defensively. Sure. At the same time, this is not like shooter is not like super small. He's lighter for a point guard, but he's not super small compared to guys out there. The Lillards and the Rubio's like those, like he's, he's um, scrawny. He's got long arms. KCP is a, is okay as a size as a two guard. And then you're huge with LeBron, AD and Gasol. So this is still a big team. Um, and I, like, I, I don't, I don't know if that end of the floor is impacted a ton if you have Matthews, KCP, LeBron, AD, Gasol versus Schroeder in there. But Darius, what, where would you say the biggest difference is there on that side of the floor? No, I would just say, Mike, that you're making a really good point about like LeBron's lift and where the lift has to be made, right? One of the reasons why I think credibly, Mike, and I'm not going to take you there and start to talk about plus minus right now, but one of the reasons why credibly LeBron James was an MVP can candidate last year is because not, not only was he tremendous again, offensively, but he played at a level defensively that was unlike previous seasons. And Pete and I had talked about this on the pod a lot during, especially the postseason. but this was probably LeBron's best overall defensive season since he was in Miami. Yeah, and that was years ago. Right. And, and so one of the reasons why I tilted towards Matthews is because he is a default guy to ensure that you're not always asking LeBron or putting KCP in disadvantageous positions as a defender. Right. And and, and it's a tricky balance to strike to me because I don't necessarily want to say to LeBron, well, you're doing less on offense, go out there and guard the top wing, right? Because he is still in year 17 and I don't necessarily want that lift to be so much more. Can it be incrementally more? Sure. Uh, like it can be. And he showed throughout the season in big games, especially like, Oh, it's time to get a stop on Kawhi. Looks like it's time to guard Kawhi, right? It's time to guard Giannis. Then let's guard Giannis. What I don't necessarily want is some random is is some random night in February 
and you're telling LeBron like, oh yeah, go guard this other guy now too, because the matchups sort of dictate that more. I'd rather have more matchup versatility, but the equity that we talked about with KCP, that's real too. And I can't be the guy who talks every freaking pod about these guys are people and their emotions and and everything that goes into a team mentally matters and then say oh yeah well that but screw it doesn't matter right because i think it does matter mike <laughs> and, and and so yeah. from what you're saying yeah. i would put kcp probably in that star starting lineup as well and then just say all right well let's see how this goes the lakers are so good though that it's like we're picking nits to a certain extent there is no perfect team. And but there's a bunch of good answers, like Mike said at the beginning. Yeah. Well, so you both just kind of hit on the point that I was going to make. So we're, we're in cohesion here. When the Lakers are going to have so many advantages on the court, uh, and especially offensively, that on a given night early in the season, even if you're, let's say that you're playing against the Clippers, uh, for just because I'm looking for a team that has a couple of big wings, you're, you're still not, like, you're not asking LeBron, hey, go out there and just shut Kawhi down unless LeBron decides that he wants to make a statement that night. So you live with, if you want, if they want to go to isolate KCP um, or they want to get switched to shooter, like, okay, go ahead. And then maybe you, maybe you help with AD, you know, Marcus all calls out switches. Like it's no problem. It's not and the end the fourth, of the world. And then right. in the fourth quarter, you adjust accordingly. Now it, it maybe, maybe Kuz is in then, right. Maybe Keith is in uh, it. What like the Lakers have options for days. Uh, if they have to match up there, they can go to any matchup that they need to eventually. But the point is they're going to have so much firepower. Let's, let's see how these lineups work. Let's see what shooter can do. And you let that kind of cook, but you're right. Darius. There, there's no way that you're going to just leave LeBron and be like, all right, you're the, you're the defensive stopper for the regular season. Like, nah, that's not, that's not going to happen. Pete, can I ask you based off of what Mike just said, do you think that the, that fundamentally the Lakers identity is shifting in a way because of the offensive firepower that they now have and that they may go from a team that was like third or fourth in defense and, and like they ended the year like 11th in, in offense, but that was like after the bubble. They were, right? they were fourth pre-bubble, yeah. But they were fourth pre-bubble to being a team that is maybe like seventh or eighth defensively and like, third or second offensively and that's not like oh top 10 on both right like oh darn it right so no one's going to try to make it sound like that's bad but like from a identity and culture and and like what we are fundamentally like ethos which are things that we've talked about a lot do you think that they're shifting some i do um in some way yes and no Right. And so the ways in which they are is, yes, we've got more guys who are offensively talented, who do not quite have the defensive, a defined defensive role alongside two superstars. The more we've talked about this, the more I'm like, really, this season is about figuring out where Schroeder and Harrell fit in, in the big picture and like what lineup, because a guy like Wes Matthews, you know what he does. He's not as good of a player as those guys, but he's a three and D guy, right? He fits in, you know how he fits in alongside a, a couple of guys like LeBron and AD. But when you talk about Trez and, and Schroeder, it's, much less clear, right? Like how does, how does Trez and AD play together? I could see that going well. I could also see it going poorly and being stagnant and Trez being a, a dunker spot guy where you really want to get him on the move and he can, he can operate out of the dunker spot, but he's also a guy where you generally want him to be able to get his momentum going to the basket with a little bit more of a head of steam. Uh, Schroeder, as, as we spoke about earlier, that said, the, the common theme of all of the guys that we've brought in is they're, they're really tenacious. There's a, there's a nastiness and competitiveness to Matthews, to Gasol, to Schroeder and to Harold that in some ways, when you talk about like us changing our style and our identity, I don't think that's just on the court. I don't think this is going to be as warm and fuzzy of a team. I think they're going to be better. I think that when, when things come down to it, I think, but I don't think that, I think it's, there's going to be a more of a, a snarl and nastiness to us. That is that sometimes will be the, you know, that, that'll sometimes be 
the opponents that <laughs> that feel the wrath of that, but that can be difficult to manage internally as well. But from an offense defense standpoint, you've just got a lot more in the way of offensive weapons, which is both a, a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's move on to the bench. Now that we've got kind of, I'm with you guys on if KCP wants to start, right? You know, you've got to manage personalities and all of those types of things. I think that having KCP and Schroeder in a, in a playoff series together would be would get picked on, but you're absolutely right. During the regular season, if he ends up on Kawhi, if KCP ends up on Kawhi or something like that, like big deal. We know this is a championship team and we know that they've got the talent. It's a matter of a lot more experimenting this year. So let's take a quick break. We come back. Let's try and experiment a little bit with the bench. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with our $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com backslash BlueWire. Offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. So I think we can preserve the speed of the bench and the, the that personality without necessarily with, with Truder starting, right? And so if he is in that starting lineup, I think the end of the first and third quarters you get LeBron off of the court for probably the second half of that comes out at the five or six minute mark. And then that's when Harold's going to come in for Marcus soul. That's when probably Alex Caruso comes in for West Matthews or, or coups. Right. So my, my primary bench unit is going to be Caruso. Uh, I suppose that's, if it's if it's Schroeder and KCP, then that would mean Matthews would be in that group. Yeah, so so Caruso, uh, Matthews, Kuzma, Harrell, and AD is that fifth guy, right? Because usually one of the two are on the court. Then AD comes out, LeBron comes in to start the second quarter, and I think that you can play with a great deal of 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 speed, and I think that your ability to attack from different areas, uh, those units toward the end. And I'm curious on this, Mike, like the game would always get stagnant in those last four minutes when Rondo was not playoff Rondo, right? That last four minutes of the first quarter, the last four minutes of the third quarter in a way where I think that if you've got 80 and Harrell out there and uh, yeah, where, where do you do with the guards on that? Forgive me. I'm all over the place right now. No. There, there's so many possibilities on this. Yeah. I'm, so the one thing that I, I do agree. So if you're looking at a bench rotation, Crusoe, Matthews, Kuzma, Harrell, and then Keith on a given night, you probably want to have LeBron and Schroeder staggered to at least. I was some just extent, thinking this. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, so to me, if they're going to start together, that's fine. But then, uh, you know, LeBron is that first sub. You let Schroeder cook um, for a little while longer as that sort of primary handler then. And right. then LeBron can replace 
Um, and, and now look, you can have Caruso do more. I think he's capable, uh, do more as a creator, but I don't think you want all of that on him. I think you want him on the court on the other side of the floor. So he's not the primary screen roll guy with Harold, but as long as you do, as long as Vogel's going to stagger shooter in, in, um, LeBron's minutes, some just as he did with Rondo and LeBron in the postseason. Cause so like LeBron, LeBron still, no, wants absolutely. The ball. You know, right. like he, he might want Schroeder to come and take some reps here and there, but like, he's, you know, he's still the, the greatest creator in the game. So that, that, that to me is kind of, we have to piece that into the second unit Darius, where it's not like this bench is just going to be playing with the bench itself. And that would be a rugged kind of nasty group, but I think they can use a little bit of that direction uh, from the King. My so first talking thought- just real quick. So, so I'm clear. So you're talking about Schroeder basically playing the whole first quarter with AD, the way that AD would play the first quarter last year? Well, so ish, because in the postseason, LeBron would come back in at the end of the first, but he won't do that in the regular season. So then it just depends on how long you're going to extend his minutes. But you could pull out Schroeder for a couple, like say, put Caruso in, you know, uh, to play to, to get some more minutes. Like that's the other thing you could do. So put Caruso in for Schroeder earlier like five, six, seven minute mark, let him rock with that unit with LeBron AD, then put Schroeder in, bring Schroeder um, back, back mm-hmm. in for LeBron or back in for whoever and sort of let him carry more. So that, that to me, I think is one, is one thing we'll see evolve, but that it makes sense to me uh, to have them staggered some like that. Yeah. It's interesting because I actually think that some of that love that we were talking about Pete between Matthews and Gasol may not align if Matthews doesn't start. Right. Because I envision, so I build almost every rotation based off of like, when is LeBron coming out? Because he was one of the, he, him and JaVale were partner subs in the first quarter of every game that JaVale started, whether it was a playoff game or not. Right. They went out at the same time. What changed was when LeBron came back in and then JaVale would not come, come back in. JaVale was a two shift player. Right. So starting lineup, Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, Gasol. If Gasol and LeBron come out at the same time, six, about halfway through the first quarter, roughly. Right. My subs at that point are, Harrell for Gasol. And then I don't know who for LeBron. Like, that's the thing. Is it Kuz? Is it Matthews? Or is it Caruso? If you play Caruso, you're going way small. Because the thing is, is that Danny Green used to come out at the same time LeBron and JaVale did. But if you're starting KCP, I do not think you're going to take him out at the six minute mark. He is more of a rhythm player and he's going to play longer. And and so finding, so I do not think you can mirror last season's rotation. So I'm, I'm just starting to get going here. So butt in right now, like, like, yeah, no, please. Yeah. It's, it's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot is a lot of my thoughts on who should come in when have been based on what Vogel did last year. And this isn't necessarily the same team. Does he want to go it, like we've thought of it a lot in that, like, okay, Schroeder replaces Rondo Matthews replaces Danny green. And maybe Vogel sees it that way, but maybe he doesn't, but I would, I want to make a point about Dennis Schroeder's shot creation that makes him different. Cause I think Mike's exactly right uh, that staggering his minutes with LeBron the way that they did with Rondo is probably the way that Vogel is going to go. And it makes sense, but Schroeder does not, he doesn't create a lot of looks for wings. He'll hit a roll man on uh, like, so he, he should have great chemistry with Harrell with AD. Right. And so the lineup we're talking about at the end of the first and third, where LeBron does come out and those substitutions happen, you're talking about the offense being built around Schroeder, Harold and AD you've got all sorts of cool pick and roll stuff that you could do. He should be able to, that, that trio should be able to thrive. I could see Kuz getting a little lost in that though, right? Like some of the playmaking shooters, not going to make those skip passes. He's not. So is that a point where you put in Alex Caruso where you have a guy who can grease some wheels or Wes Matthews, right? As opposed to Caruso should go in early. I think. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, and then have Kuz maybe get more of those paired minutes at the beginning of the second with LeBron, where I think LeBron is going to hit his wings more than Schroeder will. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with that, Pete. Can I say, though, that is how long is Caruso's shift going to be and how many minutes is he going to get with LeBron? See, so one of the... so and As many as possible. Yeah, and and so this goes back to what, Pete, you said about things that, that I value, right? And so I know that two-man and three-man lineup data can be noisy, right? And it's not always accurate because there's, because basketball's not played two-on-two two and three-on-three. Three. It's a five-on-five sure. game. The reason why I look at those groupings is because I look for foundational pairings that build out an identity for how a specific group is going to play. And, and the LeBron... And Caruso stuff is real, right? The LeBron AD and Caruso stuff is real. The LeBron Caruso and Dwight stuff was real. And Caruso was key in that because he is he is that he is that binder, right? Like he is the he is the breadcrumbs in the meatloaf, right? Like he like he brings this together. So so bringing him in early is great. One of the things that I was thinking about when you guys were talking though, is there is potential this year, I think for a variety of reasons for there to be more minutes where neither LeBron or AD are on the floor. Mm -hmm. Does that seem crazy to you guys? Because last year it was a necessity that one of those guys was on the floor at all times. Why was it a necessity? Well, it's because they didn't have enough offense or shot. They couldn't create a shot. Right. Yeah. Secondary creator. Yeah. And so the answer there, Darius, is is Schroeder. Right. And that's why that's why even if he's going to start, we've we spent plenty of time on that already. He does need to have minutes, though, staggered off of them. And then you can give you can let him lead a group, whether it's uh, whether it's Harold and pick anybody else. But what we do, what you do want is LeBron out there with units of guys that know how to play with him specifically. And that's Caruso, that's Kuz, that's AD, uh, and that's KCP. And like that, that in its own right, by the way, is a super effective closing lineup if you need to go to it. But that's not to say you could, this is what's so nice about this team. Last year, Matthew started every single game for the Bucks, a uh, regular season playoffs. Gasol started all but one game uh, for the Raptors. Harrell finished every game for the Clippers, basically, except for a couple of Zubas games. Schroeder finished every game for OKC. Morris started uh, several games. Like these are all capable, capable starting caliber players. Uh, and that's why, again, I think they, it's possible they have the best starting lineup and the best bench talent wise. But what they have to figure out is how they play together, how they flow off each other. It's just, it's nice to have some staples as to like almost a LeBron unit, a, a Schroeder unit, and then the unit where they're playing together. Mike, what would your LeBron unit be? Those beginning of the second quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, AD's on the bench, but LeBron is on the court. Who are the other four guys you're building around based on the starters that you have? Well, it's so it's it's different from what the closing lineup would be because this just has to take into account getting guys enough minutes there. But yes, like I I like Harrell um, in there. Um, as sort of the roller, um, if LeBron wants a hard roller to the rim, um, I like, I, I, I have to have Caruso on the floor with him there. I like Matthews spacing, um, as Mm -hmm. a shooter. And then let's see, that leaves me one more spot, one more spot. So that's when that can be Coos. Oh, did I not say Coos? No, I I thought I said Coos. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Yeah, that is Coos. Yeah. 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 I thought I said Coos first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kuz yeah, oh, sure. maybe not. Yeah, so okay, so LeBron, Harrell, Caruso, Kuzma, and, and Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. That sounds good. Where are you at on that, Darius? That sounds like that sounds perfectly fine to me. Um, one of the other things that will be interesting too is to see how many front court minutes you see where it's either Kuz or Morris. And if the Lakers actually do play a full 10 man rotation, right? right? And so Vogel played a 10 man rotation last year, but Vogel likes were, a 10 man rotation that he, he will, he will use a 10 man rotation. JaVale was only a two shift player though. And yeah, so that, and that's fine. So but like Mark, maybe you know, that's what I'm saying. So cut, is, yeah. so there's, when you play 10 men, one of those guys or two of those guys are going to end up being two shift guys only. Yeah. The Keith Bowens. 
right? Because there is not an, there's simply not enough minutes to go around for those guys to get a third shift, unless you then start to cut everyone else's shifts in, in a way where you're not actually allowing them to find a rhythm within the game. Can I, I, can feel, I propose it? Can I propose a simple solution here? Yeah. Oh, but get, get, get your, I feel out. No, first. no, no, it, no, please jump no, right in. Okay. I hate when you, when you say I feel though, I, you, you are planning on saying something you know what I'm uh, and I, I don't want to miss out on what it was. Oh, I'll get my time. Yes. I'm pretty okay. good at this. That talk, <laughs> the talking thing, not the making good points thing, the talking thing. So, yeah. So to me, that's the, just the center spot. And on certain nights, if you want to be a little bigger and Mark's really in his, uh, in his rhythm, that's when you Mark Gasol gets more of the time and then less goes to Keefe. Um, less goes to either, you know, Harrell or Kuz, or you just, you know, maybe you cut Davis's minutes a little bit uh, on the, on the other nights, uh, Gasol plays even more limited minutes and you play Keefe or Harrell um, as the, in that center spot more, and then go to AD when you need to. But the, so it would be Marcus Gasol and Keefe who would be the two um, whose, whose minutes kind of fluctuate down to that shift. And the other eight guys get pretty regular minutes. I'm down with that. And, and so what I was going to say is, is I just feel that Vogel's job is easier because he has more talent, but it's harder in sorting out how all of this talent fits and how he keeps all of this talent engaged and happy with their roles. Um, last year's team, I on, and I think we're going to say this a lot this season, guys. Last year's team was special from their standpoint of how singular their focus was simply on winning and togetherness, right? And I never, ever, ever got the sense from this group that they weren't all rowing in the same direction all of the time, right? Now, there may have been squabbles behind the scenes or bad feelings or whatever. But I'm just saying that never showed up on the court it never showed up in a post-game scrum. It never showed up via a random quote that was in a yeah. newspaper or and on no ESPN. aggressive stuff on IG stories. Yeah, you're right. None of it. Just none of that. And Winning Mike, counts. you've been with the Lakers for over a decade now. Pete and I have been following this team religiously since we were small children. One of the things that has been inherent in being a Lakers fan <laughs> is a certain amount of drama. There's just been drama that surrounded yep. this team. Magic Johnson requested a damn trade unless the coach got fired. You cannot tell me that like this doesn't go back to the Showtime days, right? When everything <laughs> was supposed to be hunky-dory. So last year's team was special. And, and so Vogel's job to me is harder in really interesting ways this year that doesn't mean he's not going to do a great job it doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to to handle it right but pete i see you nodding your head a little bit i'm sure this is an idea that you've thought about some too this is the biggest thing that's on my mind and it's not something where i think that oh we're you know inches away from it all falling apart and it's going to be this disastrous year it's just it's a thing right the idea the Pat Riley would call it the the disease of more, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's part of repeating. There's all sorts of challenges, and every time you win a championship, that next year gets that much harder. No matter how much talent you have, and that's part of the reason why adding talent is really important. Is because running it back, which we talked about a lot over the course of this offseason, running it back with that same group, you can have the same group of guys, and it's just going to be harder because of the attrition that, that comes along with that. So that being said, I think that this regular season is a very different one by nature than last regular season was. There's nothing that's going to happen. You know, <laughs> knock on wood, I'm tempting the basketball god saying this. Uh, barring health or barring things of that nature, I don't see anything with this team from a talent standpoint that's going to make me concerned. There's not going to be a single game where I'm like, damn it, we've got to win this game that's circled on our schedule as a proving ground for what we're going to be in the playoffs. No, we, we know what this team's ceiling can be, what they're, they're capable of. We know that they got better from a talent perspective. And so it becomes a question of how do you 
manage that balance that you're talking about, Darius, of the different personalities, different guys with different goals, with the goals of the team. And to me, the, this regular season is a testing ground for a lot of different things. And this ties into the rotation. I see you chomping at the bit there, uh, Mike. Am I am I off on this? You have, yeah. I, am I am I no, going no. one of my rabbit holes? No, no, this not at all. I just as as you guys were talking there, I just thought of the direct metaphor of this podcast. You guys won the championship last year as a podcast duo, best <laughs> local <laughs> podcast um, in the country. I mm-hmm. come on, I come on and join this squad. So you add, KD. you add some talent. Gotten a lot uh, of KD know. comparisons on. You on add Twitter. some, you add some talent to a winner. Um, it's also, it's also challenging. I don't want to screw up the great chemistry that you guys have. Uh, you know, we got to kind of work out on who's getting reps in where there's a little, you know, who's going to, who's going to do a, the more lion's share of the planning in this guy. There's, there's stuff to deal with, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's stuff. Yeah. And that's what happens when you make an addition to something um, that was already good. Now I have to, in some ways I have, uh, I have proven a certain amount in covering the Lakers, but not on your podcast. Okay. It's a, it's a different mix. It's a different <laughs> mix. And I didn't come in demanding that I was going to start. No, if, I mean, not that again, I'm, I'm, I'm behind what shooter said. I get that, but it is like, that's the point that in, if you're going to add something to any walk of life, uh, these are, these are the issues that have to come out. The mitigating factor though, for me goes back to the fact that they won last year. And that is ultimately where Vogel and LeBron and AD KCP to a different extent, Caruso Kuz, like uh, they, the pressure there is, is greatly lessened compared to some of the other teams out there that are trying to get to that point. So that, that is the thing. It's not, you're, you're right. This is definitely something that's going to have to be sorted out, but it's just, it's easier to do that when you have the ring from the previous season and you don't have, you don't have to like, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the point. I got nothing to say, which is odd. So, so, okay. Let me jump in on that then. So winning that title and having those guys in place, it, anybody with agendas of their own can get reeled back in quite easily because this is still LeBron and AD's team. Right. And there's nobody outside of those two that are like everybody's important, but they're the only two that are essential. I think maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe there is a a third guy. But I think that if for whatever reason, let's hope not, you could pick any other guy on the team and say that guy's out for the playoffs. There's nobody else aside from those two where I would say, oh, I I don't think that we're the champion, the, the favorites to win the title. And that so long as. LeBron and AD, which is buttressed by years of experience. LeBron's at an age going into his 18th season where he, we saw this with Kobe toward the end of his career, right? Where he would play, everybody he would play revered him and had their, his poster on their wall as kids growing up. And so there's a certain level of like, how far out of pocket are you going to get on a LeBron James team at this point? You know what I mean? After they won the championship and with the culture that Lakers have established, we are Mike's point is absolutely right that we are more equipped to deal with the greater degree of complications that comes with more talent than any other team. I would also add to Pete that just to reinforce that point about LeBron and AD, because I said a lot about Vogel. LeBron's now one with this head coach, and AD is now one with this head coach. And I think. I hope at least, but I do think this as well, that the bond between these guys only grows stronger, right? That, and the reinforcement and the extension of what they want as a group only gets stronger and to be filtered through the rest of the team. And it's an important point that shouldn't be just glossed over or, Um, And it ties in with what Mike said as well, just about like these guys won and they won at the highest level. And this is the goal for every team in the league, every season, right? They all want to hold that trophy at the end of the year. When AD screamed, like, this is why we work. Like, like I was just so happy for him in that moment because it is the ultimate just reward for everything that you've done to that point and and there's nothing better 
than that. Like, like I'm not going to compare it to anything like in my personal life, but, but here I am anyway, it's, it's, it's like when you cook a really good meal and then your kid is just like, mm, like, that was great. And it's just like, you feel like you feel that you feel that you put in the time to do something, the work you rewarded. Put in the extra. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and to have that rewarded with the feeling that you want after is like, that's the entire point. And so I do think that LeBron, especially, I don't know if you saw the little snippets that were going around from um, his appearance on the road trip and pod. Um, it was great. Yeah. Right. Where he was just cracking jokes and he was saying stuff about Marcus all having his DPOY trophy. Right. Like, cause that's been a long contention of LeBron that he should have won it that year that, that he was in Miami. And this is the wonderful thing about LeBron specifically, but I think about the Lakers culture last season that I really do think they're going to try to carry over to this season is that their brothers they're going to like crack jokes at each other's expense and, and they're going to try to make it fun. And Schroeder mentioned this as well. He's just like, I'm a fun guy too. From an outsider's perspective, he saw that those guys were having fun last year. And I think that that that's the ultimate sort of WD 40 for this team, right? Is yeah. Like we're going to go out there. We're going to kick a bunch of teams asses and we're going to be laughing it up and enjoying ourselves and we're going to work hard we're going to work together and we're going to reap the rewards from that work and and we're all going to enjoy it together and that's yeah. the goal right and, and so hopefully that's how all of this coalesces right it made me think a little bit there darius of harold specifically coming off the bench so let's say that the lakers are slipping a little bit on their energy on the front end of a back-to-back -back or whatever in january and he's going to come into the game every time and he's going to inject immediate energy so is caruso right and so like that i think that's going to help a lot in its own right and then schroeder is going to have energy all year and let's say that somebody gets out of pocket for um whatever reason all the stuff we talked about before they want a bigger role they want more shots they want to be starting it's like okay uh worst case you can go sit on a bench for a while and we'll just we'll give more minutes to coos or to Morris or to THT somebody who's really good or yeah. to, yeah. Like, so it's that, that's the other thing that I think kind of keeps this whole roster in line in that, as Pete said, LeBron and AD are so like, that was the thing last year with the roster, LeBron and AD, and then sort of everybody else around it this year, it's LeBron and AD with some more talented guys around it, but still a massive gap between LeBron and AD. So the overall talent is greater, but you don't need anybody else it's like everyone else is a luxury in the context of those two and that should um take care of itself to at least to some degree and there will be problems that arise but that's the thing that that has me more comfortable um heading into the season and and the one thing about the new additions is they're not guys that have low energy nights it's a defining characteristic of each of their games even a guy like gasol who's older and is not going to jump very high or move very fast he's always mentally engaged in the game and he gets so many of his block shots are like before the guys released the ball and he's just like it's like a quick strike type thing he's He's mentally engaged. Wes Matthews is going to play hard every night. Like you said, Trez and Schroeder. And that will allow some of the, that's a natural phenomenon that occurs with a team the year after they've won a championship is during the regular season. It's very easy to be staring at the clock being like, all right, when does the playoffs start? And then you're not making the rotation. You're not focused in on that game that night in a game that ultimately doesn't mean much toward the grand goal that you're, that you're hoping for, but that ability to stay engaged and playing hard, you do build up habits as a team. No, that does matter. Trust. Pete, I was going to push back right there, man. Yeah, like, but that's like the thing that though. Does... It's, it's not like what I'm saying is the result of that game does not matter yeah, in yes. a big picture sense, no. but, but every game is one bit of that process that gets yeah. you to where you want to go. Very process versus results conversation here. And I am almost always on the side of process right? Because you put in the work, you play the right way, you do the right things, you make the extra pass, you make the extra rotation, you cover your teammates back, you help the helper, you do all of that stuff. And guess what? You're putting yourself in position to win every single night. And this Lakers team is talented enough that if they commit to doing those things, 
to staying engaged and playing the right way, they're going to win a ton of games, man. And everything else will fall into place. And, and from a process standpoint, like I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this team navigates the sort of post-championship malaise versus, oh, these new guys have a hunger, right? And where those things collide and which side of the tug of war wins. And my sense is that it's going to be the competitive side that wins out because the fact that, you know, who else is naturally competitive? LeBron James. LeBron James, right. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Alex Caruso. Contavious Caldwell Pope. These dudes have dog in them too, right? So hell, their scrimmages might be hella entertaining, right? Yes. Well, and you guys mentioned, I think I think Pete, you had said earlier what Vogel's approach will be. If or Darius, maybe you threw out the question and then Pete answered it about how the defensive identity versus offensive identity. And I forgot to weigh in on that. I I think Frank is not going to change. Like yeah. it's still going to be all yeah. about the defense. So the question though, is just how, how do we see that play out on the court when the offense is going to come easier? But I think that that's where maybe it's even that much more beneficial to have Vogel because the scouting report is still going to be heavily detailed on the defensive end. And he's going to try to maximize Schroeder. If that, if he is in that starting lineup, he's going to try to maximize how Harold fits with the bench on that end. So I'm, it's natural to think there would be some slippage from a team that brought the brought it defensively every night last year. And that was the biggest reason why they won. Now they know they can call upon that. So maybe they don't have to play like that every time, but I do think Vogel's going to be there kind of politely urging that on, you know, and, and focusing on that in the film room. Yeah, for sure. And we can, I could see us winning some games like 125 to 120 and driving Frank a little bit crazy early in the season, right? Like that is the nature of a team. I, I suspect that there will be a decent number of games where it's closer than it should be. And then in the last five minutes of it, LeBron turns it up and eight or AD turns it up and we, we finish a team off. That said, I keep going back to the new additions and watching them on tape and just watching how hard Wes Matthews plays on every play. That's part of the reason why Milwaukee was kicking the crap out of everybody is Milwaukee played hard every night, along with having a superstar and talent. And Wes Matthews was one of the reasons that they played that way. Right. So that okay, natural right. malaise, that slippage, I think of it more from a, I could totally see why the returning guys, especially LeBron and uh, our older veterans would have that kind of clock watching mentality of looking toward the playoffs. But yeah. the reality is the guys that we brought in, they don't play that way. They don't have games that are like that. Well, I would also say this too is like, I think of a, even a guy like Markeith Morris, right? Like mm -hmm. that dude, I feel like that dude, just like his brother, man, he wakes up ready. Like, please test me, please. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope that you test me tonight mm -hmm. so that I can lay like just lay into you a little bit and there is a lot of there's just a lot of that mentality that I feel like exists on this specific team much different I feel like than maybe any of the championship teams that LeBron was on before besides maybe the early those early heat teams right definitely a I feel like just a different perspective than like what that Cavs team in 2016 had, for example, just a lot of guys who do want to get after you and do want to compete defensively, especially. And it's going to be interesting. And I'm glad that you made that point, Mike, about Vogel always being the beacon in terms of what the mindset is and what and the idea of what this team is supposed to be night tonight, which is a defensive monster. And he's going to expect that from guys, even guys like Harold, even guys like Shannish Ruder, like you better bring it on that end of the floor, because that's what we are here as the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and the rest of the guys who are going to play are going to have that. The last point that I'd make guys about the, we, the most the common thing we've been talking about is just the rotation. Who's going to play where, how's it going to fit? And I think that the good news is there's so much talent that it, it's not something that you necessarily need to stress a lot about. Whereas last year, I remember having some conversations with P with you, Darius, and we're kind of like this, 
it does matter how these rotations are playing out in terms Very of, much so. right? If this guy's not on the floor at the right time as this guy, and fortunately, Frank Vogel figured that, that stuff out, but it could have gone a different way. I think in, in this year, I, I, I don't have quite that same uh, level of angst about it. Um, and, and that's a credit to the, the guys that they brought in uh, and the guys that they kept. And I, I hate to just have this, that simple of a, of a thought, like, well, roster looks great. <laughs> Don't worry about it too much, but um, that, and, and things will evolve and things will develop, but there, there is a really nice balance of offense, of defense, of, uh, of grits, of grind. Like there's, there's a lot of that on this roster and I'm not going to be sweating um, how Frank Vogel starts his first preseason game um, as, as maybe that may have been a, a fear last year, depending on which guy was on the floor. It's amazing uh, what a championship can do for peace of mind, especially when it's followed by an offseason like the one that we had. But yeah, this team's got a bigger margin for error than before. And rather than proving whether or not they're good enough, it's going to be a lot of experimentation. At least I hope, right? We're going to find out what guys play together well, what two-man, three-man groups are foundational, as Darius said. And I'm really excited about that. This conversation about rotations and chemistry is not a stagnant, stagnant one. So we'll continue to get to that as the season rolls on. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Ains has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. And Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. Brian, unbelievable. What a victory. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Brian. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.